Okay, I can't play too much more of that. I don't want to get sued by Pink Floyd. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Welcome on in to the Check Your Brain podcast here on Patreon on Tuesday. But if you're listening for free, it's on Wednesday. And I wanted to play that because I've been in a Pink Floyd mood. The Animals album. Been into that again. You know, you listen to Dogs, which is a 17-plus minute song. You can take a shower, get dressed, get ready for bed or ready for work, make a cup of coffee. And the song is still playing, by the way. The reason I, I want to play it is I found it interesting. I've been going through old archives and watching old episodes of WKRP in Cincinnati. And there was an episode where they had a Pink Floyd song. I think it was that. I think it was Dogs. And the problem is, eh, the royalty rates in those days were fairly cheap. They could play a song like a little bit of Pink Floyd and without it getting dinged and, uh, you know, for a certain amount of money. And then by the end of the 80s and into the 90s with syndication, that those songs were so expensive, they had to do sound-alikes. It's pretty fascinating, and it sounds terrible. If anybody's ever watched WKRP in Cincinnati from, like, 1988 on that they couldn't get the music rights to basically anything so they had to redub some things in there it, 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 like the, some of the voices uh sound alike music stock music it's just it's it's terrible and it's the same thing on the wonder years by the way i don't know if you remember when they brought wonder years to streaming to, to dvd and streaming a few years ago and they had this awful version of with a little help from my friends, the Joe Cocker version, and it's like, oh, I get it. I and I'm like, because I was looking forward to it. I'm like, I haven't seen the Wonder Years. I wonder if that show holds up. And I put it on. It's this odd karaoke sounding version. I'm like, ah, I, I get it because not only would you have to pay the estate of Joe Cocker, you also have to pay the Beatles. That's probably one of the big reasons. And uh, I think they were able to work those out without with Shout Factory or something, so. But anyways, this is my podcast, Tony Mazur, ranting. This is a ranting podcast. Um, basically, so again, like I said, if you are listening on Patreon, I put this out on Tuesday, because I'm recording it Tuesday, but if you're listening for free, it's on Wednesday, so if you want early access to podcasts and early access to guests and extra podcasts like this one or others per week, uh, go to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur. Still having problems with locals. I still can't upload. Every time I do, it goes to some weird page, so I can't can't upload anything there. So, but I'll still work on that. Try to spread the seed, spread my what I can do all around the internet. Hmm. But um, yeah, in, the, in these podcasts, what I do is I like to some sometimes I like to do a, a themed podcast, like I did last week, where I talked about my favorite comics and who inspires me. And a lot of that came off the heels of the Norm MacDonald news that he was getting a special. And then come to find out that that weekend after I recorded it, there was going to be a George Carlin special that came out, which I actually watched. It was a two-part special on HBO Max. It's fascinating. It's very fascinating because you see George Carlin, the button-down, hippy-dippy weatherman, uh, straight man, working as a team, then going solo and doing this whole thing where he's like, I, I want to hang out with the, the kids in college. I want to hang out with them. I want to work colleges and coffee houses. I don't want to. I don't want to do Ed Sullivan. I'm entertaining the parents of the the people I want to be friends with. And 
So interesting transformation that he did, and, and he did a couple of them, where he became the George Carlin with the, that I think a lot of people were accustomed to, where he grew his beard out, grew his hair out, and talked about just basically everything. But then he he kind of kind of just went a little too far, but not not for content. It was just he got to the point where he was becoming a parody of himself. He was watching Rick Moranis as him on SCTV and. It's like, oh, I can't do this. And then he had another rebirth by the late 80s, early 90s. That's where the angry George Carlin came out. And that was fun to see, I got to say. So I'd rec- I recommend them, the two-part special. The problem is, is what I always talk about, Carlin speak. There's a, there's a thing I, I call Carlin speak because no matter where you are in the political spectrum, you think a quote that it's attributed to him, whether it's true or not, is going to apply to your particular set of values. So if you're somebody who's uh, very pro-choice, pro-abortion, you're going to find a George Carlin quote talking about abortion. And I say, okay, then I'll counter with talking about environmentalism and everything else. So he offended everybody. That was his point. He wasn't a, may have been a true liberal in the actual sense of the word, but he was not somebody who would be because I kind of saw this in the last years that it'd be like, well, you know, see, actually, George Carlin would be talking about mandatory vaccines. He'd be all for that. Like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> let's go through. Let's go through the tape. I don't think he would. So if you want to go check that out, that was a good special that uh, came out over the weekend. So, yeah, on these podcasts, I go on rants and I talk about um, you know themes. But today it doesn't really have much of a theme. It's just going over the news. And what is happening in the news and what's going on. Um, of course, we all know that gas prices are incredibly high. And as I talked about in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, talking about uh, Roe versus Wade and that debate, I got to say, you know, leading into November, there's a lot of stories that I'm thinking about that are just not really sticking that don't stick around very long. And again, I'm recording this on May 24th. And so we're, what, 10, 9, 10 days removed from the shooting at the tops in Buffalo. And you're not hearing about that anymore. So what? what's the conspiracy? Is there a conspiracy theory as to why? Eh, there could be. I'm sure there could be. A lot of people saying Fed, Fed operation. Okay, sure. I can entertain stuff like that. Oh, he's denying that it ever happened. He's saying it's like Sandy Hook with, with uh, these actors, you know, the crisis actors. And I'm like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, it's, of course, it's tragic, but uh, there's a there's an odd reason why it's not being brought up right now, and it's because we're less than now six months away from the election, for, from the midterms, and it's not looking good for the Democrats right now. And they don't need negative stories because it's a reflection on them. If you think about it, it's a reflection on Joe Biden. Now, you can say, well, it's not Joe Biden's fault. Joe Biden didn't tell anyone to you know, go shoot up a grocery store in Buffalo. It's like, no, no, of course not. But during the Trump years, that every shooting, every death, every this and this and this and this was a reflection on the president and the reflection on the country and democracy at stake and everything. So that's why you have the Parkland shooting and they trotted those kids out for months. Oh, talking about gun control and sensible gun laws, everything like that. And it was because it's supposed to be, it was during a midterm year. It was four years ago, it was 2018. 
and it was a way to get the base riled up before the polls. The problem is, if you have a white supremacist, which is what happened in Buffalo, he is an actual white supremacist, had the number 14, had a lot of other things that were very in line with what you see online and manifestos and 4chan and everything. And he shoots up a grocery store. Well, you can't you can't say because it's a white supremacist country. Well, who's the president? Who's running? Who's running everything? It's, it's the Democrats. It's a you have a Democrat president. So is Joe Biden a white supremacist? You would say no. But then you can't have it be a reflection, right, on society. It's very odd. So that story is almost dead right now unless we find out more information which i don't think we will and i and if we do find out more information it's going to go against their narrative and it really goes away kind of like las vegas so it's really odd how roe versus wade that whole debate we got about two weeks out of that buffalo we got a couple of days out of it and so what do you have to run on if you're if you're the left because inflation is out of control I, i mean Joe Biden had a speech, I believe, yesterday or maybe over the weekend. I'm not sure. Where he was talking about the the growth of the economy, and the economy's booming right now, and the job growth. How can you really say? I mean, that's the most tone deaf thing. Look around, read the room. You can't talk about how great the economy is going when people are looking at the gas prices. I just saw, and I know, granted, it is L.A., and I bet I know where it's at because I think it's a Chevron station that's in, um, I'm trying to think, it's probably like off La Cienega or or one of those areas near West Hollywood, and I remember going by there one time just a couple of years ago, it was my cat's, hey, stop it, it was his birthday yesterday, um, but I remember, I'm like, wow, that's those are really high gas prices. But the gas prices in, in Los Angeles were over $7 a gallon. $7 a gallon. We're at four fifty, And it's going to get to the point where gas prices are going to skyrocket into fives and maybe even six bucks a gallon nationwide. So what's going to happen? It's going to go down to four fifty, And we'll all say, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, OPEC. Thank you, everybody. We, we're so happy to have these $4.50 gas prices because they're down from $6. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Um, you know, basically, other than inflation, everything's going great. So let's. Uh, I'm going to play this clip first as we kick things off from ABC. The president has put forward an agenda to deal with inflation. We saw how quickly he worked uh, on the infant formula uh, crisis. He's handling Ukraine, pulling the world together, uh, and rebuilding alliances against um, authoritarian governments like Putin. Um, you know, by any metric, with the exception of inflation, this country has moved forward under his uh, leadership. But gas However, prices and inflation—that's a big metric. It, it is a big metric, that. absolutely. Um, and you know, I think the key now for Democrats uh, over the last six months or so um, of this uh, election. We have to see whether or not the candidates and campaigns matter. I think that they do. Uh, And you see House Democrats, who are probably more vulnerable to the president's approval rating, um, really trying to put an agenda forward, get things done, and highlight the difference with Republicans, who are really not just standing in the way, uh, but banning books. And they want to ban abortion. And they want to 
uh, roll back constitutional rights. They want to raise taxes on the middle class. All of these things drive a very sharp contrast in terms of which direction the country is going to go in. And if Democrats can make that contrast stick over the last, uh, next six months, it won't matter. I'm not sugarcoating uh, where Democrats are. Uh, this is yes, you are. Uh, headwinds against them, uh, and there are also uh, inflation metrics that you know. Unfortunately, governments can very do, do very little about. But if there is any, okay, okay. So everything's great right now, guys. The people are so stupid that they don't understand how great of a job Joe Biden's doing. And if it wasn't for that little inflation, it's just this pesky inflation. It's okay, I, okay, it might be an issue, but Joe Biden's doing great, you guys. He's just, it's historic, and the people are too effing stupid. I'm trying not to curse in this podcast. They're too stupid to realize that. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I, like, oh, I'm not sugarcoating. Yeah, you kind of are. You kind of are, because the Democrats have nothing to run on. And when you go back to the days of the Clinton administration, where it was more conservative Democrats, we kept hearing about that. And you heard about, it's the economy, stupid. Well, yeah, it's what happens. You can't talk about all these great things that are happening in the country. Uh, it, it, by the way, raising Republicans do not want to raise taxes on the middle class. That's a lie. It's just it. It's 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 so silly to even bring that up. But it's funny because the approval rating. They're like, oh well, you know, Joe Biden's approval rating will be a reflection on on other Democrats. Well, yeah, because they're looking around at what could have happened. Now, you understand what should have happened during the Biden administration. We should be in prosperous territory, but we are not. Now, why aren't we? Hey, you know, it, it's Putin's price hike. You know, if it wasn't for Vladimir Putin, then we wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, we would. We were having inflation over a year ago now. It's been steadily going up. It rose, yes, in the last several months now, but inflation had been steadily growing up. That's why when July 4th, when the, when, if people wear their masks and get vaccinated, uh, we, we could celebrate our independence. Remember that one from last year? July 4th and Jen Psaki, and they said that uh, there was this story where they said that the price of hot dogs actually went down a couple of cents compared to where it was in 2020. Oh, really? Really? That, that's amazing. What about the cost of everything else has gone up? And that was going up before Putin invaded Ukraine. That was going up long before then. But think about 2021 and what could have been for Joe Biden and why the Dems are going to get their asses handed to them in November. Here's why. Because Joe Biden takes office in 2021, January. And as soon as he takes office, all of a sudden, you have these vaccines. Now, regardless of whatever you think they work or not, because it's pretty clear that yeah, they're not going to prevent Omicron. They're not going to prevent further strains. They certainly didn't prevent Delta, obviously. But yeah, Omicron, basically, if you didn't get COVID anywhere in those first two years, you were going to get it now. And people did. They have their immunity and everything. Uh you had an economy that could have been on the bounce back. And instead, they kept going with the COVID stuff. It wasn't COVID that was the cause of the inflation and the cause of rising prices and this and that. It was the restrictions to COVID. And now we're paying dividends for it. 
It was the restrictions of COVID, not COVID itself, as to why things were going up. It's, it's pretty much what we, I mean, you could have gone on and when Biden took off, say, promote vaccines, whatever. And if you get your vaccine, let's go back to work. We're going back to work. We're opening up the concert halls. We're opening up this, this, and this. Go get vaccinated. We need this. Instead, they still kept people home. And they kept people home long into 2021. To the point where states were just like, guys, we probably are going to have to stop these restrictions because we we cannot keep this going. I mean, you're going into June. We were going into halfway through 2021. People kind of, I think people have kind of memory hold that. We were still doing 2020 stuff in 2021, even with vaccines and the masks weren't really doing anything. They were doing virtually nothing. And when I say virtually, I'm giving myself a little leeway because I would say they probably did zero, but if not as close to zero as possible. So you actually had things to build upon in 2021, and you didn't. You kept people home. You told them to still get DoorDash. Then all of a sudden, you think things kind of change a little bit. And Dr. Fauci has, uh, is being grilled by Rand Paul and talks about gain-of-function research from his lab. And all of a sudden, free your face! Take your masks off! It's okay if you've been vaccinated, then you could take it off. That lasted, what, three weeks? And then because the Delta wave, they told people to put the masks back on. And then you had restrictions and this and that. So there was a lot that went into this in 2021. So it's the hangover from the last two years that are playing, paying dividends right now. Again, you could have stopped all this immediately. Heck, you could have blamed Trump more, but instead you liked having that kind of control in 2021. That's why we're in this situation right now. So, oh gosh, it's just, it's crazy right now. But, you know, again, nothing is Biden's fault. Nothing is Joe Biden's fault right now. Not have an honest conversation or debate about inflation. Why not? Well, mainly because the sideshow gets treated as the main show. And by the sideshow, I mean uh, actions the president has taken, actions the president might take to curb inflation. Those are on the margins of uh, 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 solutions to inflation. The real game is the Federal Reserve. They've started to raise interest rates. And the question about whether or not we have a recession, you played that clip from President Biden earlier, that's really going to turn on how skillful the Federal Reserve is in trying to cool down this economy, raise interest rates enough without tipping the economy into recession. Uh, but the uh, things, the rhetoric the president uses or the steps the president takes, uh, releasing oil from the strategic reserve or denouncing greedy corporations or all that uh, sort of political talk isn't going to do very much. It's, it's uh, the inflation control principally rests with the Federal Reserve. And so Jerome Powell is the person who uh, we really should be looking to. Unfortunately, the Fed does not have daily press briefings. The White House does. That's why the attention is focused on the president. Okay. That last thing is the thing to pick up on. So because the Federal Reserve, that Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve do not do daily press conferences, kind of like the White House does, so it's Joe Biden's fault. It's like, well, because, again, the people are stupid, the people are morons, and uh, they're blaming the president when it's really the Federal Reserve, so they find the figurehead in Joe Biden to, for that to happen. So, uh, But everything's great, you guys, like I said. I know you can't afford gas in your car. You can't afford to put food on the table. You can't 
afford to basically do anything. We're looking at stagflation or a possible recession coming up soon. But you know what? If you if you guys don't vote for Joe Biden in 2024, this is who you have. This is this is your candidate right now is Kamala Harris. You know, when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. Oh, when we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. She really is, she's almost like me back in school, where you would have an essay, you had all those lines and there was a prompt, and you had to basically BS your way through like a, an entire paragraph for an essay. Like, oh, I have to ramble on about this. It's like, this is my cat. My cat is named Harpo. And Harpo is a uh, domestic short hair, or you might call him a tabby cat. And it's just rambling for no reason. That's who she is. So it's almost like as much as you don't like Joe Biden as president, that's who's waiting in the wings. <laughs> oh, boy. We are screwed. We are screwed as a people. But you know what? We may be screwed, but we have monkeypox out there. So we should probably start to stay home. We should probably, you know, wear masks again and do everything. Monkeypox. So we, look, we can't scare people with COVID anymore because people have gotten vaccinated. Some people haven't gotten vaccinated and everybody's basically gotten it by now. Everyone has their kind of immunity and that's why the strains are going to be a little less deadly, a little less bad, because a lot of us have that immunity, but it's okay, guys, because we need to stay home over monkeypox, which is kind of like an, an STD is what we found out. We've, we've gathered that this is occurring in gay men and bisexual men in certain areas of the country, but you can't tell gay men to stay, stay home. Don't, don't go anywhere. No, we, we can't tell people to stay home and stay safe. Here's Dr. Fauci, by the way. Dr. Fauci was the commencement speaker at Princeton over the weekend. In the politics in the classic sense, being in Washington has allowed me to experience firsthand the intensity of the divisiveness in our nation. What troubles me is that differences of opinion or ideology have in certain situations been reflected by egregious distortions of reality. Sadly, elements of our society have grown increasingly inured to a cacophony of falsehoods and lies that often stand largely unchallenged, ominously leading to an insidious acceptance of what I call the normalization of untruths. We see this happen daily with falsehoods propagated through a range of information platforms by a spectrum of people, including, sad to say, certain elected officials in positions of power. Okay. All right. Dr. Fauci. When will he go away? Oh, he's basically gone. He's basically gone because we can't scare people with COVID anymore. Well, maybe we can do that about mail-in balloting coming up in a little bit. Sadly, elements of our society have grown increasingly uh, inured to the cacophony 
of falsehoods and lies that often stand largely unchallenged. We see this happen daily from certain elected officials in positions of power. Gee, I wonder who he's talking about. It's probably not about Joe Biden. It's probably not about... Uh, geez, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. Fake news. Disinformation. Misinformation. By the way, the uh, Ministry of, of... What was it? The Ministry of Truth... Nina Jankowitz, she is not in the White House anymore. Yeah, that blew up in their faces. That blew up in their face. Why did that blow up in their face? Because they think that disinformation ended the disinformation board. When in reality, that is true, but not the way they think. You can go back and see a lot of old tweets from Nina Jankowitz talking about resist and the you know the Hunter Biden laptop and Russian Russian collusion. Well, all that, all that, proven to be disinformation. A lot of the, the Steele dossier is is completely debunked. Yet people ran with that. People who were in favor of the disinformation board ran with the Russian collusion Steele dossier. <laughs> Remember the P tapes? Yo, those P tapes. Oh goodness gracious. Yeah, that didn't really happen. But they're in the process right now because it's not just America; it's the World Economic Forum. And they're looking to try to, I don't know, take it in a new path, free speech. Kind of recalibrate, if you will. Check this clip out. We are finding ourselves in a place um, where we're, we have increasing polarization everywhere. And everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on online violence or the uh, right of data protection to the right to child dignity. So that was uh, Australian e-safety commissioner Julie Inman Grant. Uh, yeah, the hyphenated last name. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a bad sign. Says that we need a recalibration of freedom of speech and, fr and rights. And I think we kind of need a recalibration of world governments and globalism. Because, uh, yeah, that's not... I mean, it, it, here's, here's the worst part. They're telling you what they're doing. This is how, I mean, I guess how you say how stupid people are and society is. But it's also, I don't want to say it's stupidity, it's just docile. People don't like to rock the boat. And when you have a, a public that doesn't like to really make too many waves on certain things, understand, though, they are telling you what they're going to do. They're telling you what they're doing. That's what's going on. So they're telling you we are going to try to re recalibrate free speech. So you can do something about it, or you could just sit around and wait until it happens and then say, hey, wait a second, I said this and it got flagged. Hey, I hey, I said this, I got fired from my job. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. They recalibrated free speech online. Well, free speech does not mean hate speech. Yeah, actually it does. You can't yell fire, fire in a crowded theater. Yeah, you can. That, have you ever looked that up? Have you ever looked up that? I heard Kathy Hochul say that. That's, that's misinformation. You can yell fire in a crowded theater if you actually looked up that case. That case got completely overturned at one time. Seriously, look it up. But it's just become this meme where, oh, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Yes, you can. 
Yes, you can. Hate speech is not free speech. Yes, it is. You don't like it? Well, free speech does not mean freedom of consequences. Okay, but <laughs> who can play at that game then? Uh, but yeah, it's uh, the e-safety commissioner says that we need to recalibrate free speech. That's nice as my alarm goes off here. Ugh. World leaders, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, all these people, Bill Gates. Does anybody ask the question as to why Bill Gates ha owns so much farmland? Why is that? Why, is, why does Bill Gates have that much farmland in our country? What is he doing with it? You look it up. Again, I tell you to Google it. This is an educational program. This isn't just comedy. I'm not just riffing on jokes and everything. And, you know, uh, it's kind of educational, too. Why does Bill Gates own so much farmland? Very interesting. Uh, goodness. What else we have here? Because it's just, it's... Uh, oh, this, this is a good one here. I'm looking at my, my notes. So Walmart wants to get in on the Juneteenth business here. And when I say business, I truly mean that. So Walmart's brand Great Value. That's the where you get the Great Value ice cream. You get the Great Value this and that. Pork chops or whatever. And uh, they have Great Value. Celebrate uh, the Celebration Edition and Juneteenth ice cream. I'm looking at the picture. Swirled red velvet and cheesecake flavored ice cream. Keep frozen, of course, because, uh, you know. And it has uh, two black people, one with a darker skin tone, one with a slightly lighter skin tone, are slapping hands because it's Juneteenth. Share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation, and enduring hope. Our story. And, uh, yeah. So the backlash was pretty heavy over that. And I got to say, I'm very happy about that. Why is that? No, I don't care. Obviously, I, I know about Juneteenth, and I think it should be taught. Um, regardless of anybody's feelings on it being a national holiday, you know damn well that people are going to try to capitalize on that. They're trying to capitalize on the fact that you have a new holiday, and what can we do? This is, this is what corporate America does, is how do we exploit this? Think about two years ago with Black Lives Matter. Two years ago around this time is when you had the, the, the beginning of the summer of love when George Floyd died in Minneapolis. And all these companies were looking for a reason to try to... I mean, there were some that were kind of cudgeled into it, but others were trying to go, how do we capitalize on Black Lives Matter? How do we capitalize on what's going on right now? So if you're upset about the that Walmart wants to cash in on Juneteenth, understand that they've been doing this every single day of your life. What can we do to capitalize? I mean, do you think Tops Friendly Markets is looking for a way to capitalize on a shooting that happened in one of their supermarkets in Buffalo? You know they are. That's what that's what business is. How do we make money off this? How do we make money? How do we make some kind of name and narrative and anything like that? So Walmart, you think about it, you think, well, it's pretty evil. Yeah, it's pretty evil. That's what's going on. They are trying to 
They are capitalizing, they are exploiting a cause. But what about other holidays have they done that with? Of course they have. You know, why do you think the commercialization of something like Christmas, why do you think Charlie Brown was talking about it nearly 60 years ago? The the commercial has gotten way too, or uh, Christmas got way too commercial, and it took Linus to read the King James version of the Bible to talk about the actual story of Christmas, because everything else is about putting up lights and buying toys and this and that. Well, where, where have we gone with that? Uh, kids don't even know the meaning of Christmas other than Santa Claus and getting presents under your, under your tree. It's exploiting a holiday. So it's just, it's, a, it's just a recent example of it. And I guess Walmart has since pulled it. They have since <laughs> pulled it over that backlash. And I'm, I'm happy for the backlash. But I want people to also get, I guess, woke to a lot of what else goes on. You remember two years ago, there was Blackout Tuesday. Blackout Tuesday. It was June 2nd of 2020, and then all these companies put a black square. Oh, by the way, Pride Month. I forgot about that. June is coming up next week, and it's going to be Pride Month. So here's what's going to happen. They're doing the same thing with gay people. But it's not just gay people. It's lesbians, it's bisexual, it's transgender, it's pansexual, all, all, all the other genders and, you know pronouns and everything that's what's going to happen in a couple of days when we get into june so your favorite your favorite soft drink is going to put a rainbow flag in their twitter profile and your favorite uh let's see ernst and young will put a rainbow flag up on their thing or the pride flag or the uh super pride flag or whatever they're going to uh, uh that's what they've been doing the last few years is exploiting it now of course they don't do it in saudi arabia that I remember, it was, I think it was Mercedes-Benz in America. It was rainbow this and rainbow that. But then Saudi Arabia, their version of Mercedes-Benz just had the regular logo. Why is that? Almost like you, you look at your demographics and go, huh, I don't think they like gays around there. I don't think they like the homosexuals. So they'll probably uh, decide in a different direction to go. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just put the regular... So, you know, you, you claim to be inclusive, but again, what you're doing is you're knowing your audience. So, you know, in America that you have a bunch of bunch of people that are just going to be like, look at this, Coca-Cola, Nabisco, all the Nabisco brands like Oreo, they love the fact that I'm gay and they love that I'm trans and uh, they're going to, uh, they have made a trans cookie just for me. So what are they doing there? They are buying you. They are exploiting you. I remember this a couple of years ago. It might have been last year. I, I don't remember, but they had drag queens eating Oreos because they had drag queen Oreos. And you had like, oh, the double stuff. Oh, this is just fantastic. Ugh. And it's, you're just going like, you don't understand that they're buying you off right now. It's the same thing as this Juneteenth ice cream. They are buying you off because in a way they're trying to make it so. Now, by the way, good for the black people by calling it out and now Walmart has to pull it. But a lot of the gay people are like, okay, they might be buying us off, but, uh, you know, it's nice to see this representation right now. No, no, they are exploiting you. You want to have a pride flag, go have a pride flag. But they're doing so so they can make a couple extra bucks. So if they make a gay cookie... (laughs) 
They make a rainbow Oreo, uh, rainbow stuffed Oreo. Their whole goal is to make a couple of bucks off you. Look at what Colin Kaepernick did. Look what happened four years ago with Nike. Nike could have found any athlete that was popular at that time. So they find an athlete who hadn't played in a couple of years in Colin Kaepernick because he has a cause. Now, what's their purpose? What is Nike's purpose here? Okay, maybe you have three people in a boardroom and the HR person care about black lives and the plight of the black community and everything. But Nike overall, who has sweatshops for their <laughs> to make their shoes and the working conditions and everything. So who, do they really care about human rights? No. What they did is they saw you, you people, when I say you people, I'm not talking about black people solely, but they saw that there are people out there that support Colin Kaepernick's cause. And because Nike took an athlete who is not irrelevant, but he hadn't played in the NFL in a couple of years. So we're going to make him the face of Nike. Where, what are you doing that for? Why? Well, you're doing it because it's he's a controversial figure in some ways, but the way they look at it and they say, there's going to be a lot of white racists out there who are going to say, I will never buy Nike again because they put Colin Kaepernick on the cover of Sports Illustrated and uh, Nike this and, you know, the, the I know the struggle and all, you know, the billboards, the you know, surrendering everything, you know, even if it means nothing. I forgot what the quote was. <laughs> and... <clears throat> So, but then the people who support Colin Kaepernick's cause are going to go out and buy Nikes the rest of their lives. So in a way, they bought you off. They bought off your cause. Do you think Nike really gives a crap about black lives when, again, the working conditions of how they're making their shoes? Do you really think they care? I would say mostly not. They're in the business of selling shoes and T-shirts and sweatpants and everything under the umbrella of Nike. So if you're a big Colin Kaepernick fan and you love the fact that Nike cashed in on him, they're cashing in on you too. <laughs> you realize that. Because you support him, they used his cause to exploit not just him, but your entire entire cause and you to sell more shoes. So that's what Walmart was trying to do with Juneteenth. But good for black people, good for people in general, for calling that BS out, thankfully. Um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, eh, Bill Maher, that's been around right now. Um, I'll, well, while we're on the topic of race here, let's look up white culture. What is What is white culture? Now, what is this from? This is uh, NMAAHC talking about race. And you talk about white white culture. What is white culture? What, is, what exactly is it? Is, is there a white culture? That's what I've heard the last couple of years. There is no white culture. White dominant culture, or whiteness, <clears throat> refers to the ways white people and their traditions, attitudes, and the ways of life have been normalized over time and are now considered standard practices in the United States. And since white people still hold most of the institutional power in America, we have all internalized some aspects of white culture, including people of color. So remember, you can be a white supremacist to be black. You can be Clayton Bigsby. 
So then you have rugged individualism. The individual is the primary unit. Self-reliance, independence, and autonomy highly valued and rewarded. Individuals assume to be in control of their environment. You get what you deserve. So weightlifting and rugged individualism is white culture, which is by proxy racist. Family structure. The nuclear, oh, you can't say nuclear family anymore. The nuclear family, father, mother, 2.3 children, is the ideal social unit. Husband is the breadwinner and head of household. Wife is homemaker and subordinate to the husband. Children should have their own rooms and be independent. Well, is that is that all bad? I mean, my wife actually makes more money than I do. I'm not pissed off. That's okay. Children should have their own rooms. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty cool. If you have the space in your home for it, go for it. Uh, but the nuclear, you're not allowed to mention nuclear family because not everybody has a family. Emphasis on scientific method, objectional, rational, linear thinking, cause and effect relationships, and quantitative emphasis. But I thought these are the people who deny science. Interesting. People talk about history based on Northern European immigrants' experience in the United States. Heavy focus on the British Empire, the primary of Western, Greek, or Roman, and Judeo-Christian tradition. Protestant work ethic. Hard work is the key to success. Work before play. If you didn't meet your goals, you didn't work hard enough. Religion. Christianity is the norm. Anything other than Judeo-Christian tradition is foreign. No tolerance for deviation from a single God, con lowercase God concept. <laughs> Status, power, and authority. Then you have future orientation. Plan for the future, delayed gratification. Progress is always the best. Tomorrow will be better. And then there's aesthetics based on European... It goes on and on and on. And I'm just looking at this and you say, These, this is white culture? What... Wanting to have a family, get married and have a family, and wanting to, uh, you know, be to have proper decision making in life, and you know, being on time for work. I mean, that's that it says that time, follow rigid time schedules. Time viewed as a commodity. Yeah, because time, in a lot of ways, in a lot of businesses, is dollars and cents, and that, being religious is bad. I mean, holidays. You know, based on white history and male leaders. Okay. Um, it's just really interesting when you, t you talk about white culture. And I look at that and I'm like, that's white culture? I think that's just culture. I think people wanting to wake up and be on time and going to work and putting food on the table and a roof over their head, that's white culture? It's just, it's this is this backwards world we're living in right now. Is that... Up is down, down is up, 2 plus 2 equals 5. Ugh. It's truly incredible. But I'm about to wrap up this podcast here, but what have we learned today? I like to do these when I wrap up the podcast here. So what have we learned? What have we talked about? Inflation is out of control, but it's, uh, it's, it's the people's fault. It's out of control, but yeah, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? And then you also have people getting exploited. So what can you do? What can we do the rest of 2022? And not just heading into midterms, but just what, what can we do? Because I would say, hey, maybe we should hang out with our families a little. Oh, no, family is racist, right? <laughs> family is white culture. Having a family or trying for a family. It's considered white culture, according to people online, I guess. Um, 
I think the I think the main thing is understanding reality and fantasy world. And the lines are getting blurred by the day where people are living way too much online, where their online world is now overtaking reality. Because I thought that there was a nice line at one time, but it's not really the case anymore. So, <sighs> what's it going to take? What's it going to take? But I think, uh, I think people are starting to get woke. Woke to all that, all the stuff going on. The, the fact that the World Economic Forum is talking about censoring free speech, recalibrating free speech. But there were enough people that came out against that disinformation board, and people were going, hey, wait a second. We can't have this happening in our country. So maybe maybe the tides are turning a little bit for people. And they're waking up and realizing people in the media, corporations, uh, the government is not in your best interest. And they're telling you. They're telling you right out there that the people are not in their best interest. So don't don't let that happen. Just don't let it happen anymore. So, all right, I'm going to wrap it up. I got stuff to do today. But thank you for listening here on the free version on Wednesday or whenever you're deciding to listen to this, or you can listen, or maybe you listen on Patreon on Tuesday. So thank you, everybody. I'll be back with you on Patreon with another episode on Thursday. Thursday, we'll probably wrap up the week, do something a little bit more fun, a little looser. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing in any way. Again, Patreon or anywhere else and uh, listening to this fine, fine podcast, if I do say so myself. So thank you, everybody, and I'll talk to you very, very soon.